Welcome to the Waymaker Fireside Chat Podcast, where our purpose is to grow your life and change the world. In this episode, we sit down with Ray Wallace. Lewis Carr is the founder of Waymaker, the Lewis Carr Internship Foundation, the Waymaker Men's Summit, president of media sales at BET Networks, and author of Dirty Little Secrets. Ray Wallace is a personal trainer based out of New York City. Today, he'll share practical tips on health and fitness and motivate viewers to get started on their fitness journey. Let's get started. Hi, I'm Lewis Carr, founder of Waymaker. And today on the Waymaker's Fireside Chat, we have the privilege of having Mr. Ray Wallace, fit curator out of New York City. Mr. Ray, welcome, my brother. Hey, Lewis, thank you so much for having me. Such a pleasure, man. I'm so excited to be here. So we're looking for you, Mr. Ray, to drop some gems on fitness today. Uh, You've been at this for a long, long time. Tell us how and why did you get into fitness training? Let's go back to the beginning. Oh, man, it is. It's been quite a journey. And um, I tell you, I went to school for psychology, had nothing to do with fitness. Straight out of college. And um, as always, we all graduate and we got to go look for a job. So I land a job as a glorified administrative assistant in a physical therapy office. And um, long story short, working at the desk, answering phone calls, I was always the intrigued individual looking and listening and always the people person. And uh, within this PT office, it was fantastic. We had about four to six physical therapists working all at the same time. We had about 10 to 12 different rooms. And um, my job as a glorified administrative assistant, AKA receptionist, I was the first individual patients would see as soon as they entered the office. Of course, I have to be upbeat. I need to be positive. I need to be lively. And um, lo and behold, thank goodness that was me. Fast forward about six months months into the job, I began asking questions with the PTs. How does this work? Um, How did you guys get into this business? And um, my mentor at the time, my name was Pedro Valle, looked at me and said, you know what, Ray? You ask a lot of questions. Take an ice pack and take it to room six. I said, okay. And that was it, Lewis. That's how my journey began. And um, I ended up becoming a physical therapist assistant and helping out within the office. And um, I had to go to the gym to get, to renew my CPR AED certification. And uh, I went to the gym, big gym in New York City. In order to get to the room to get certified, I had to walk through all of the workout areas. As I'm walking to the gym, of course, again, I'm looking around. I see trainers engaging with clients, working them out, whether it was boxing or an aerobic class or just pure strength training. And um, I get to the CPR class. Fast forward. I finish the class. As I'm leaving two hours later from the course, I step into the general manager's office. I knock on the door, knock, knock, knock. Excuse me. I said, how are you doing? Can I help you? I said, yeah. 
what does it take to become a personal trainer? And that was it, Lewis. He said, come on in, have a seat. After about maybe 45 minutes, it was quite some time. He asked me, he said, hey, you want a job? I'll hire you right now. I said, really? He said, you know what? The fact that you're working in a physical therapy office, you have the advantage of seeing an individual from one side of the spectrum and taking them so far beyond in their fitness. And I said, you know what? I need to get back to my office. Let me talk to my boss and see if she'll allow me to do this. I'll tell you, Lewis, that conversation, I remember to this day, changed my life. I was so excited about taking the job, but at the same time, I didn't want to let down my ball because I was already working about 12, 14, 16 hour days within that office as a receptionist and as a PTA. So that's how it all started. So you started in physical therapy (laughs) and then you ended in fitness. All right. So were you a workout guy before all this started? I mean, I mean, were you in shape? Were you in shape or were you not in shape? (laughs) That is a great and funny question. I wish I had a photo of what I looked like then. Today, I'm about 190, 195 solid. That day, I was about 145 pounds skin and bone. So to answer your question, no, I was not. I was very skinny, very frail. And I'll tell you this, um, fast forward, I did get the job. And one one of my first days walking into the gym, some of the trainers, they said to me, they said, hey, you're that new guy. I said, yeah, that's me. He said, well, if you want to get some clients, you better put on some weight. So to answer your question, no, I was not. I was into sports. I played basketball, football. I was a big-time swimmer. And um, no traditional weightlifting. But once I got into that gym, about 12 months later, I did put on 40 pounds of muscle. So... So, Mr. Ray, you know, most people have good intentions. That's that's how I would sort of frame it up. They have good intentions Absolutely. to be fit. Why is it so hard for people to be consistent, to execute on their intentions? What is it about this thing uh called physical fitness that makes it so difficult to be consistent? You know, you know, Lewis, that's a really great question. It's a multi-layered question. And um, from my experience, that interview I told you about started in 1998. So that's a long time ago. And from my experience, what I feel, individuals have a hard time being consistent And number two, committed. What happens is, you know, that there's life, there's kids, there's family, there's job, you name it. What I tell most clients when they first get on board, I need them to realize that it takes two to three weeks to form a habit, to create a habit. And number two, that this journey for them to commit with myself at least six months. You know, it takes time for me to create those new positive habits, number one. Number two, it takes at least a month 
for them to see and feel any type of mental, number one, and any physical change. So I think the, the number one issue some people, it's, it's just hard to, to find, find time. And um, I think the back, not find time to prioritize and make time for themselves to get into the gym. And um, perhaps some people has a hard time to afford a personal trainer, a coach, in order to guide them safely and motivate them to, to their fitness goals. On top of that, if they can't afford a trainer, I, I say, number three, diet. You know, you can have a great fitness program, but if you're out there eating Pizza Hut and McDonald's every day, it's not going to matter. So you have to find that fine line with creating good habits in the gym and also out of the gym. No one's going to be perfect, Lewis. We all know that. I'm not perfect either. Look at my T-shirt. So comes down to making sure that you can commit yourself to say four to five days of at least 30 minutes of movement. And I tell people that too. You don't you do not need to be in a gym. Just move. So 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 we hear hear Mr. Ray about people say just do something 30 minutes a day and you're good. Is is, is Absolutely. that true? Is it true? Hey, I, f- for me the answer is yes, absolutely. You will not believe, the majority of my sessions are at least 30, 40 minutes. It's very rare I take anyone beyond 45, say 60 minutes. If you're doing more than 60 minutes with me, that's because you're training for an event, a race, something that needs specific duration of time with the workout. But if you're just training for everyday life, all you need is 30, 40 minutes, man. I'm in the gym personally, too. I'll crush it for 30 minutes, 35 minutes nonstop. The bottom line is, what are you doing for those 30 minutes? That's the thing. You can't do a set of squats and then get get on your phone and check out your TikTok for two minutes. That's not going to (laughs) happen. It's got to be consistent movement for at least 30 minutes. So how do you balance working out with food consumption. You know, we've heard you know, 2,000 calories a day, 3,000 calories a day. Yes, but, yes indeed. But could I go like 7,000 if I work out every day? Can I go 7,000 calories a day? You, you know, you hear all these things, but you know, most people who are novice, like they don't know. Right, right, yeah. Well, you know what? It comes down to what are your goals? So, you know, when I first meet someone, that's among the top three questions. What's your fitness goals? What's your lifestyle goal? So someone says, hey, today is February. In June, I want to do a half marathon. All right, that's a different ballgame. Now they have to consume adequate calories in order for them to sustain the su- sufficient and correct workouts. But if not, if it's just the average Joe, the everyday mom, it's a different question. They don't have to consume 7,000 calories. So it all comes down to what your goals are, number one, what's your current lifestyle as well. So majority of the people I work with, they're not looking to do a half marathon. 
they want to lose anywhere between 10, 20, say 30 pounds, then it all comes down to what's your current workout program? Once we start increasing those days and times of workout, then yes, Lewis, we need to adequately consume efficient calories in order to get through the day-to-day, number one, number two, to get through those workouts. And what's important as well, I know you may ask later, rest and water intake. So all those elements are very, very, very important. It all comes down what to what or what your goals are, what you're looking for with the workout programs. In your opinion, does physical fitness also help with your mental and emotional health? I say yes, it does. Absolutely. You've heard those happy juices, those endorphins we get from those workouts? Most definitely. I've told people within a week or two, notice that you'll start sleeping better. Number two, you'll start having more energy throughout your days. And I even, Lewis, I try to convince people to work out in the mornings. A lot of people don't like to work out before they go to work, first thing in the morning. And (laughs) that is you. I totally agree. But the idea is, and there's a lot of science behind you can Google it, you can WebMD it. But if, if you look back and if you work out in the morning and you put in at least, say, 20 minutes, forget the 30 minutes, you just do 20 minutes, your body will create so many, aka happy juices and endorphins throughout the morning and afternoon that you do have better mental capacity. There's studies where individuals that work are more productive, they're more efficient, they're more awake, they're more lively. And depending on what job they have, they get the job done 20, 30% better if they had not done a 20, 30 minute workout. If you have so, to work but, but at Mr. night, Ray, that's fine, but yeah. What if, what if you don't sleep at night? It's if hard not, trying to work out in the morning. If you don't sleep. Hey, Absolutely. You know what? It will make that workout very, very difficult. So I do have individuals that come in and it happens. You know, we're in New York City, you're in Chicago. I have some executives that come in, they're like, right, you know what? I slept two, three hours. Could we not go too crazy during the workout? And you know what I'll do? I will cater the workout based on what they just told me. That's okay. It happens because number one, I don't want to hurt them. Okay. And what happens, yes, they're going to be a little slower. They're not going to be as efficient. But what's important, yes, you do need to sleep. If you have a lifestyle where you're not getting adequate rest on a daily, it will hinder your workout. It will hinder your performance. So sleep is important. And we all know what they say, seven to eight hours of sleep at night will get the job done and you will feel better throughout your workouts. So if you could be consistent with sleep, the answer is yes, it will make a huge, huge difference. Do you always have to incorporate weights into your training or can you just strictly use body weight? Hey, I love this question, man. You know, there was a time um, I had about, I can count on one hand, that three individuals who were over 300 pounds. The biggest I had in my journey was 402 pounds. This woman was a cancer survivor. 
two times at the time. She lost a best friend. Um, she had back surgery. So you can imagine this. And she had uh, a knee, knee surgery and hip replacement. And she was four, 400 pounds. So perfect specimen in regards to your question. No weight trainer, Lewis, for, from what I remember, it was pro probably close to about eight months, all body weight. At the very least, we would use some bands and a huge exercise ball, and that's it. My goal with that individual is to teach her body to carry her body weight more efficiently. Now, on the other side of the spectrum, someone that's not overweight, to answer your question, yes, they do not need to have weights. They can use body weight. But what's important is the workout program and how efficient you are doing your exercises. So you can't just do body weight again do 10, 15, 20 squats, just your body weight, and then sit down and rest for two minutes. You have to be, again, there's that word, consistent with your exercises, with your movement, and intentional. So, Mr. Ray, what do you do for a workout? Oh, man. I am a huge fan of boxing. As you see this boxing bag behind me, I love body weight stuff as well. And um, I do love weight training as well. So for myself, I work out four to five days a week. And my workouts are no longer than 40 minutes. Every morning, I stretch for about 15 to 30 minutes, around 5.30 to 6 a.m. in the morning, every day. Why do I do that? Because I had back surgery nine years ago. And it's important for me in order to move and feel good throughout my days. And then my workouts would consist of a three to five minute, five minute body weight warm up. And honestly, every workout, Lewis, is a full body workout. No longer do I do the 1980s, 1990 workout, chest on Monday, back on Tuesday, shoulders on Wednesday. <laughs> I am no longer looking to impress any lady with some big biceps. I, work I don't on... know about that, Mr. Ray. I, 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 think stretch, <laughs> I think you're stretching it for the audience today. I, I, I don't, I, audience, I don't know if I believe him. All right. Uh, Mr. Ray, <clears throat> give us a workout for someone, let's say, that is 30 years old, has okay. never worked out in their life. Never give us okay. a beginning workout for that person. Never worked out in their life. No injuries, right? No problem. No injuries. No issues. No issues no. at all. And this is with me, myself, or by themselves. By themselves. By themselves. All right. I'm gonna base it on an individual that has no gym access because that, that's very common. And um they have no equipment, keep it as basic as possible. So to warm up, I would tell that individual to go on the floor. Number one, start with the plank for 10 to 20 seconds on their forearms, on their elbows and their toes. Hold the plank for 10, 20 seconds. As soon as they're done, get on their hands and knees on their fours, 
do what's called a quadruped, where they're lifting the opposite arm and the opposite leg at the same time, 10 times on both sides. Once they're done with that, get them to stand up. Because at this point, now I've gotten them to warm up their core, warm up their back, warm up their shoulders, which is very key for every human being. Get on their feet, stand up, do 10 body squats, or we say air squats sometimes. But do these squats with their hands interlaced behind their head. That'll encourage postural integrity. It'll help to warm up the shoulders, cue them on keeping their body weight on their feet, on their heels, on their toes as they go up and down 10 times. Once they're done with those squats, if they have a wall, to do a wall sit and hold that squat position on the wall for about 20, 30 seconds. If they do not have an adequate wall they can use, Simply squat down with their arms extended, hold that squat for 20, 30 seconds. Once they're done with that, come down to the floor again, this time on their hands and toes in a plank position, continue to hold another plank for say, again, 10, 20 seconds. And then once they're done, turn to their backsides and go into about say 10 to 15 sit-ups. Once they're done with that, Repeat the entire cycle, another second or third round, and that's all she wrote. The goal with that workout is to encourage every muscle group to work with their lower extremities, the upper extremities, and again, their core, which is very important. And I base it on someone like you said, they've never, ever, ever worked out in their life. And we keep it as simple with those movements in order for them not to be too sore the next day. And number two, not to injure themselves. Mr. Ray, how important is hydration? As you saw me taking some water. That makes two of us. It is so, so, so important. I mean, I'm sure most of us have heard eight ounces, um, of water every hour. And that's just an average. You have someone that could be 100 pounds or someone like myself that's 190 pounds or like the woman I told you that's 400 pounds. The idea is you want to adequately encourage, I would say eight to 16 ounces of water per hour. If you are a tall individual, a larger individual push towards that 16 ounces per hour and do that at least eight to 10 hours. If you're working a eight to 10 hour shift, then every hour you're at work, you should consume at least one bottle of water per hour. The every idea hour? is every, every hour. hour. And here's why I was about to say, the idea is they say water and metabolism are very related. If you are dehydrated, you will have low energy, mentally and physically. So if you can encourage someone to consume an adequate amount of water, number one, they'll be more efficient. Number two, they'll be more alert, more focused. And believe it or not, you'll be less hungry. There's been many times I've told individuals, when you're hungry, you're probably, honestly, dehydrated. Drink some water. 
final question, Mr. Ray, and this is for people like me. Yes, sir. When you can't sleep at night, what do you do to get some sleep? If you're not working out, there's something called meditation. If you don't know how to meditate, read a book, something you enjoy reading. If you can put yourself in a position where you can allow your mind to not do the mundane of your particular lifestyle, whether you're thinking about the Waymaker or myself thinking about my day-to-day -day with clients, get yourself out of that element mentally and allow your brain to go somewhere else. You have a great chance of being able to wind down, slow down mentally. And then at that point, you allow your body to naturally produce that melatonin that you need in order to fall asleep. So again, if you're not working out, obviously I'm gonna urge you to do some exercise because you will sleep better. If not, find a way to allow your mind to, to rest, to slow down and get into a position where you can just be at ease. Meditating, okay. If you can find a way to meditate everyone, is a game changer. And I'm not saying 10, 15 minutes. All you need is one, two minutes of meditation to change your life. Or read a good book. Or more importantly, listen to The Waymaker. <laughs> well, Mr. Wright, thank you for joining us today on The Waymaker Fireside Chat. Oh, we my appreciate pleasure, it. How can people I appreciate get in touch you. with you? How can people get hey. in touch with you? Hey, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram underscore the fit curator. That's T-H-E-F-I-T-C-U-R-A-T-O-R. -E and on the World Wide Web, thefitcurator.com. All right, sir. We thank you for this advice. Hey, we man, all I appreciate are getting, it. We all get ready to lace up right now and go hey. do at least 20 to 30 minutes a day. Let's get off. Let's build this and get, get a workout going right now. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Mr. Wright. You're very welcome. Thank you, Louis. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this conversation between Louis Carr and Ray Wallace. You can connect with Ray by going to www.thefitcurator.com. What did you enjoy about this episode? Let us know on our social media at Waymaker Culture. And don't forget to claim your Waymaker Journal at waymakerjournal.com. And be sure to enter the Waymaker giveaway by going to waymakercontest.com. Subscribe to the Waymaker Fireside Chat podcast to get notifications each time we release an episode.